Hey, everyone. I don't sound like Lauren because I'm not Lauren. I'm Brian. Uh, hey, everyone. You are missing Lauren this month because she recently gave birth and that tends to keep one out of the office. So congratulations to her and Ben. Um, I'm not going to give away too much information. I don't know if her uh, child's name is allowed to be public, so I'll not mention that here. Uh, anyway, I talked to Jeremy Mackey. He's in our L&D department here at Pointer Frontal. He is a back-to-back -back fantasy football champion. So we got a lot of tips from him on how, how you should approach your upcoming draft as we get into the NFL season. We also learned about what's happening over in learning and development, uh, some, some of the history as far as developing that department as well as where it's going. And we learned about his international conference classes. He's going to be a first-time uh, instructor at the international conference. Speaking of the international conference, we are filling up really fast. I don't know if there's any rooms left, but there's definitely some places for registrants. So if you want to get in on the international conference, it's like three days of a lot of instruction, networking, fun, great food, awesome events. It's a great time. You're going to enjoy it. October 23rd through 26th. Uh, book your stay at conference.pointofrental.com. It's really going to be a great time. And... For those of you who have already registered for the conference and you're looking for more information, hey, the schedule goes up September 1st. I think that's tomorrow when I'm planning on releasing this. But anyway, September 1st. And all right, I think that's all I really had to tell you. So let's go ahead and talk to Jeremy. Welcome to The Front Porch with Brian Beaudry. I'd like to welcome today's guest, whose job is something called an L&D trainer too, uh, Jeremy Mackey. Jeremy, welcome to the front porch. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. All right. Let's start with the basics. Who are you? Where are you from? And what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Well, my name is Jeremy. Uh, of course, I'm uh, an L&D trainer or from our learning development department. I've been here at Point of Rental for eight years now. Um, I'm from Muskogee, Oklahoma, which is a song by Merrill Hager called Okie from Muskogee. And I would say one, I would go with the, for advice wise, I'm going to go with an advice I got from my friend Scott Williams in software or in the software supply side. And that is, it's better to have an ounce of prevention than have a pound of regret. That means it's better to slow down, double check a work before you just press the submit button. Otherwise, then you're going to have a headache if there's a mistake made. Okay. That relates to us uh, in point of rental when we're assisting customers. So he's paraphrasing Ben Franklin there. I do know like the announce of prevention is worth a pound of cure quote from, from a yes. while ago. Okay. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Actually, I'm going to go with Earl. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when Earl retired, he actually said, everyone should retire. That's great. Great advice, but not if you've got a long way to go if you're <laughs> uh, going to retire. So I consider that the worst piece of advice. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks, Earl. Okay. Now let's go back into your, your job history from even before, hopefully, you had jobs. Uh, what did you want to be when you were a kid at, say, ages 8 to 10 or whenever you can first remember wanting to be something when you were Oh, at 8 to 10. Well... Funny story is, I kind of wanted to be a Power Ranger. Okay. Because that was a popular <laughs> show on TV at the time. Yeah. 
But then I turned 11 to realize, yeah, that's not a career move. That's not even a real thing. <laughs> I like you're saying, like, at age 11, like, for your 11th birthday, everyone was just like, by the way, Jeremy, Power Rangers, not going to happen. Actually, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> but then at that point, I kind of really didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just kind of just went with the flow. Okay. So what, what did the flow look like then? Uh, it's obviously quite a departure from Power Ranger to uh, well, software support and then all that stuff. So what, what's yeah. going on between there? Well, I thought about doing being a doctor, but I don't like bodily fluid. Mm. So thought about being like a firefighter, even a pro athlete, but I didn't grow tall enough for that type of role. Mm. So I decided, let me finish high school, go to college, and then figure it out. And then went to college and still didn't figure it out. Okay. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I sort of figured things out in college. So were you going to college in Oklahoma or did yes. you come to Texas? Uh, Oklahoma. University of Central Oklahoma. Okay. Outside of Oklahoma City. Okay. Cool. So what were you studying there? Uh, it was business marketing. Then I changed it to general studies. Okay. And then how did you end up in Texas? Because, uh, you know. Well, with that, it was uh, my mom at the time, or she's still around. Uh, she needed a heart transplant. And at the time, there was only one hospital in Oklahoma City that did transplants. But with her condition at the time, we needed a faster service. So we went to Baylor that's in Deep Ellum in Dallas. And a year later after we moved, she was able to get that transplant she needed. Nice. And the move here was just to help uh, help her with our cover because she wouldn't be able to travel back to Oklahoma. Yeah, just make make sure you're able to provide that support like yes. locally. And, and I also wanted to change the scenery as well. And, and, you know, since you came down here, you're like, you know what? This is all right. I can, I yeah, can was, that's true. In Oklahoma, you have to kind of do the speed limit. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's possibly the worst reason that I've heard for, like, sticking around. <laughs> it's like, well, I just don't want to follow speed limits. So. Right. Um, if you're a police officer, you did hear me say that. <laughs> that's okay. I don't think that there's a whole lot of uh, police officers listening to this this podcast. Um, so what were you doing around here besides, uh, you know, supporting your mom and helping her out? With uh, just getting used to new life and just trying to figure out uh, career goals I wanted to do. Did you have any jobs before you got to point? Uh, yes. Before I was here, I worked at a self-storage for two years. Okay. And what are you doing at self-storage? I was actually overseeing the property. Uh Pretty much kind of doing a little bit of everything the store had, overseeing the property, leasing out the units, uh, doing AR calls, uh, and other day-to-day operations. Okay. Now, I know that there's like TV shows like Storage Wars or whatever that I haven't seen any of, but it seems like there could be some interesting stories. Do you have any interesting stories from your storage days? Did you ever have anything uh, crazy? So the Storage Wars is unfortunately not real, but we did do storage <laughs> auctions monthly because – you're supposed to pay, and if you don't pay at a certain amount of time, you got to go. Your lease, your uh, unit goes up for auction. But after that, you still have time to pay, at least according to Texas law. I can't say for other store, other states. You have up until the moment we leave the facility to go auction off the unit to pay. So there was one unit I can definitely remember that had a little bit of everything, kind of like the TV show did. Uh, motorcycles, jewelry, uh, high-end appliances, things like that. 
And there was a huge turnout for it. And from us, our store wasn't going to make a profit off of it. We were just trying to recoup the money. So we tried everything we could to get the person at the time to pay back the to pay something, even a dollar or a penny, just to keep the their unit going because they were going to lose everything. Yeah, basically your rent. Yeah. But we couldn't get in contact with the person. So they, it actually got off for auction and it actually sold for a little over five grand. Okay. Now when you're when these are being auctioned, are they auctioned sight unseen and you just Yes. Okay. They're sight unseen. So we kinda have to inspect the unit before just to make sure there's no illegal stuff. Probably a good idea. Yeah. And if there's like a vehicle, <laughs> we have to make sure it's actually registered and legal. So okay. there, so, but it is still sight on scene. So we can't really go physically in stuff. We just have to make sure like visibly okay. everything is like that. So it's like a weird form of gambling, I guess, is you Pretty can much. put a bid on this thing, but you have no idea what's in it. But usually the stuff that goes for auction is stuff that probably would go to the trash. But that was one. Yeah. Of the, that was the one occasion where it was actually a lot of nice stuff. Are you guys allowed to like bid for anything, or does that no. like have a conflict of interest type thing? That'll be a conflict of interest. Okay, glad you have uh, your your principles right there, and you're yes. not. No, no one has said if you decide to take the day off and show up at, like in a disguise, <laughs> no one would know. Dang it! Don't tell me you like showed up with those like uh, Groucho Marx little glasses, little mustache, and whatnot. I can never confirm nor deny. Okay. So how did you end up at Point of Rental? Um, so I had my resume on Indeed, and <clears throat> I was just wanting to test the just kind of see where my career would go for, for that point. And then I actually got message from actually David Jensen. I did an interview with him, and ever since, I've been at Point of Rental. Okay, how did that interview go? I know... David uh, has a little bit of a reputation around here, but how, how did actually it was surprisingly like really easy. He was actually really nice. Yeah, I was gonna say secretly he is nice, but yes, he, he is. He makes uh, makes a little makes you work for it a little bit. He has a good poker face. Yeah, but yeah, it was a, a really smooth interview. Uh, didn't last very long, um, and ever since I was hired and been here since. And I already guess like the the transition was possibly a little easier for you since you did at least some storage rental. That's got to be at least somewhat similar, right? At least that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a I had a huge learning curve when I started. So that's why you time. signed up. But then once you got here, you were like, "Oh, uh, that was not what I thought." Uh, I like a challenge. Okay, good. So what was like the most challenging thing that you had to learn like in those first few months? I uh, really just trying to understand the true purpose of the software because it was. Uh, compared to now, it's a lot more, but then it was still a lot to the software. Uh, just trying to get a piece together where everything was supposed to flow and all that. And at the time, Essentials was also known as Pointer Rental Cloud and also trying to understand, learn how that product worked as well. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I, I, it's like, yeah, you were here before we got uh, Elite and Syrinx. So it's like we were just one product, but I forgot Cloud had been around for it, a little while. Cloud was only just at the beginning stages, or the, I want to say it was maybe about a year old at the time. Okay. So you've had a lot of different roles here. I know you started in support, obviously. Now you're in L&D. Um, what made you decide to move from support to L&D? Well, because uh, I, before I went to L&D, I actually went to implementation. 
Um, I got offered an opportunity to try to go to implementation, which I did. It was something new. I I feel like I understood the software enough where I can actually teach others how to use it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where my passion started growing is trying to teach and help others learn the software. So when you're when you were doing implementation, I don't know exactly like what time frame this was, but were you going out and getting sent to all these places or were you remote? Uh, I was remote. Okay. Darn, I was hoping you had some cool stories. Yeah. Totally shot down that line of questioning. Yeah. But I did, but then I got the opportunity because at the time, L&D was actually starting to grow more legs. Um, I saw the opportunity that we can do some really cool things by not only teaching customers, but also help our employees grow as well. As we have a lot of different products, um, a lot of faces coming in and out of the, uh, the company. Figure it'll be a, it's a perfect opportunity to use my experience, my knowledge to help teach others. I would assume that you had a lot of experience in that before, after having worked here for several years, because I know that a lot of the new people will come to the more experienced people with with their questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does take time to learn. Yeah, so you're just uh, automating a little bit of that process and getting getting ahead of it. uh, Yeah, because the goal is, of course, you won't, I like to say Rome wasn't built in a day. It it takes time, but what I like to do is build a foundation of where to start and work your way up from there. Okay, so how has uh, L&D been completely different from what you did before? Is there anything you miss about support? Well, I wouldn't say I miss anything about support because I still actually help with support a lot and working with them uh, on the day-to-day. But how L&D is coming to the forefront now, um, we're actually starting doing monthly webinars, uh, trying to give customers a basic understanding of how the software works. Break on various topics. Uh, we're trying to produce uh, video content from MP4s to interactives. Uh, we're doing training for our support staff. We have a program for anyone who wants to learn the software right off the bat. We can help accommodate that. Uh, we're working on updating all of our documentation and making those easier to understand. So we are trying uh, a lot of different methods uh, in the LED department. Okay. And that's short for learning and development. That's it's good. a tongue twister if you try to say it uh, three times. Yeah, that's that's why we like to stick with L&D. Um, so that sounds pretty similar to what you would do in support. It's just more of getting that information and those resources to be a little more permanent rather than having to do one-offs every yes. time. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, do you get to actually interact with non-pointers often in L&D? I know, obviously, in support, you're receiving calls all day. You're talking yeah. to customers all the time. Are you still able to do that in L&D? Uh, not as uh, frequently as I used to back in the support and implementation days, but I do interact with customers. Uh, we try to get them enrolled in our uh, LMS portal, which also learns for our learning management system. Uh, we I also interact with customers during our webinars as well. Okay, cool. Which we do through Zoom, but through our LMS portal. And, and is that the individualized learning? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Which we just launched a, for new customers, uh, a learning path uh, just to learn the basics of the software, which is a series of different courses to choose from. Nice. All right, good. I'm glad that I have one of the terms correct. I, I'm trying to figure out exactly how things are changing over there. And I'm glad There's I think one. I get it. There's a lot of acronyms. We need to create a guide for acronyms we have. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this yet. Obviously, uh, we haven't released the schedule for the international conference, but you are leading a class at Point of Rentals International Conference. Um, Is this your first time doing it, or have you done them before? Actually, this will be my first time. 
All right. So I can't ask you about what it was like your first time, but what are you expecting going in? Well, I've never, since I've never been, um, I do, ex- do expect a, a, get a great turnout, especially since this is our first live session, if I'm not mistaken, since uh, the pandemic. So since 2019. Yep. Uh, and it's going to be the first time at Texas Live. For those who don't know, that's going to be next to our, the famous Cowboy Stadium, or also known as AT&T Stadium. Uh, so I do expect a, a, a lot of turnout. Um, since then, we've had a lot of new features to our products. So I do expect a lot of questions being asked. People just wanted to learn and how to navigate the software and help utilize it for their business. What are you going to be teaching us about? Uh, so I'm going to be actually be teaching two classes. One class is going to be customer KPIs. Uh, that's going to be more towards how you can utilize marketing and point of rental uh, to know, understand how your customers are performing, uh, how to identify who your top customers are, where your hot markets are, and where you're, la- I wouldn't say lacking, but where your least targeted market Where you can improve, I guess. Or Yes, exactly. Where can you improve? Uh, the other class is going to be how to manage your receivables. In a perfect world, you would never have a customer who owes you a balance. But unfortunately, uh, you're going to have customers who owe a balance uh, over a period of time. And you can how you can use the software to identify those customers and not make sure those fall through the cracks. Cool. Well, that's good. Te- teach people how to both get new money and uh, get the money in the road, I guess. It's, actually, that's the perfect way to put it. All right. What, what's the difference between an L&D Trainer 1 and an L&D Trainer 2? Why, why do you have to have the two after your... Ooh, that's a secret. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, the Trainer 2 has just more experience in training. Okay. Uh, so because I came from the implementation phase and I've been with Point of Rental for uh, quite some time, is it comes with just more experience. Okay. I was going to say, is it just like, hey, look, uh, I was at least level two when I was in support. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going down a level to go to this. Yes, we'll go with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to keep that, keep that standard. I wish I were somewhere warm. Wow, where am I? You're at Point of Reynolds International Conference in Arlington, Texas. This place is amazing. You too can enjoy Point of Reynolds International Conference this October. Register today at conference.pointofrental.com to reserve your space for extended software education, one-on-one learning, industry networking, great food, and fun. That's conference.pointofrental.com. See you there. Okay, let's talk about uh, some non-point of rental stuff then. All right. Um, what do you do when you're not at point of rental? I know I like to pretend that everyone else in the office just goes into a pod whenever work is <laughs> over, but I've discovered through other interviews that uh, apparently that's not what people do. What? I, I thought I was the only one who lived in a pod. <laughs> Uh, sometimes what I like to do is usually when I'm home, uh, sit back, watch TV, try to get caught up, uh, on shows like Stranger Things and with the new show House of Dragon, which I haven't seen yet. Um, you will uh, have seen it by the time anyone hears this. Yes, that's true. But, uh, I do like to take my dog for a walk, uh, try to go take on an adventure, uh, Sometimes I like to play on a PlayStation, uh, relax, and try to get back into shape. And now I'm going to want to get back into the gym, which I'm doing now. Cool. Okay. Well, you didn't mention it, but I was told that I have to mention it, uh, and we are going to discuss it. You're a fantasy football guy, so uh, this- not only a fantasy football guy, 
a reigning, defending, two-time back-to-back fantasy football champion. Okay, good, because then I'll take your advice seriously instead of ignoring it like I usually do for, for people. But I'm getting back into a league this year, so I'm going to steal your information. Um, what positions should I be taking in the first round? Because back when I played more often, everyone was taking running backs, and I feel like that's not as relevant now. Actually, it still is because your running backs are going to be the hottest commodity because they can not only run, but they can also pass catch as well. So they get kind of double the points that any other position would go. But it also depends on how your fantasy league is going to be scoring as well as how you're going to attack your strategy. But regardless of what type of fantasy it is, you kind of want to go with like almost the best available. So let's say in the case that I had, I was – one of the eight, pick eight out of 10 in the draft. So, of course, the best available position is going to be gone for running back. So, if you're going to go with this, the strategy I went with, instead of that, I went with the highest available uh, tight end at that time, which was Travis Kelsey. So, that's who I picked and then went from the best available for per position at that point. It was a we- unorthodox way to doing it, but... It in the long run, it worked out. Sometimes when everyone's zigging, you got to zag, and that's where your value is, I guess. Yes. That's what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm just going to list a position. You give me three sleepers at that position because obviously everyone's going to know the top guys. Uh, and then you tell me the one that's actually going to be successful after we stop recording because my competitors might listen to this. It's in a work league. So, you know, just give me three and then tell, me, right. the, tell me the real good one later. So let's start off with quarterbacks. Give me three sleeper quarterbacks that I might want to pick up at some point. Ah, sleeper quarterbacks. Well, we already know who the, the top quarterbacks are. Well, the sleepers will probably be, I will go with like Derek Carr from the Raiders because they're going to have a high-powered offense. Um, I will probably go with Russell Wilson with the Broncos. He's going to be a new, a new uh, old face with a new team. They're going to be refreshed and revised. Uh, the last one I would go with, I would probably say Kyler Murray with uh, Arizona because he has a lot to prove. And that goes with my Sooner bias as well. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you. Well, I don't know if I wrote it down for later, but let's ask you anyway, just in case. Um, When you're you're an NFL fan or you're a football fan, is it you're a fan of a particular team or is it you're a fan of where certain, like, oh, you guys, because you grew up in Oklahoma and you just root for whoever they're playing for? Uh, since I didn't really have an NFL team growing up, so I just root for the guys. Uh, because in Oklahoma, you either team OU or you team Oklahoma State. And I actually went with team OU because I had a bad experience at Oklahoma State when I was a kid. So that's what I why I went with OU. Uh, can we talk about the bad experience, <laughs> or is it like something that you can't reveal to the public? Uh, better not reveal it to the public. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'll assume that the Oklahoma State University – beat you up and stole your lunch money. <laughs> okay, let's, let's... I want my lunch money back. <laughs> let's go and uh, let's go to running backs. Give me three sleeper running backs. All right, so with running backs, I would go with... Because we already know who the top running backs are. But these running backs usually give you great value over time. Uh, like uh, Aaron Jones from Green Bay, uh, Eckler from the Chargers, and my personal favorite... Leonard Fournette, I also know as Playoff Lenny from uh, the Ray, uh, from the Bucks. And are you calling him Playoff Lenny for his actual performance or for just fantasy performance? Oh, uh, both. 
That was a nickname that someone gave him a long time ago. Okay. During that Buccaneers Super Bowl run. Mm. Yeah, it, it was a pretty good run. I was going to say, I know that playoff, uh, actual playoff sets do not count in. No, fantasy, they don't. Unless you have a separate playoff league, which that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, give me some wide receivers. I will go with a returning Michael Thomas from the Saints because he's been out last season with an injury. I think he's going to come back with a pretty strong season. So people will have forgotten about him. And yeah. Everyone in my league, please continue to forget about him. And yes. And I can scoop him up later. Okay. My personal favorite, he's been on my team for a couple of years, is Keenan Allen. He's with the Chargers. He gives you consistent points. Uh, and also I would like to say probably DJ Moore from the Panthers would be another good pick. Okay, so you think uh, Mayfield's going to be successful in Carolina and, and focused on him, or who, or is it going to be someone else at quarterback there? Uh, Mayfield actually got the starting job. And again, okay. that's going to be again, my you're, oh, you, bias. Okay. I got you. <laughs> I, I remember that after I meant, brought it up. Um, okay, tight ends. I want to go with Tyen from the Packers just because the Packers lost a lot of their receivers in the offseason, so someone has to catch the ball. Yeah, Rogers is probably going to pass it. I yeah, because he can't pass it. Well, he probably could pass it to himself, but that's going to be <laughs> extremely hard. Uh, again, with my sooner bias, I'm going to go with Mark Andrews with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and then lastly, I, I'm just going to go with the best tight end of football, which is Kelsey. If you can okay, get him, that's get not him. a sleeper. That's not how sleepers work. But I know, but if you can get him, just grab him when you can. Okay. If it's a first round pick, go for it. That's what I did. Yeah, you got to assume without uh, Tyree Kill that. You know, Mahomes is going to go to the guy he trusts yes. even more. Okay. Uh, kickers. Now, kickers are a very underrated position. So, in this one, it's going to be hard to go with sleepers other than just going with some of the best overall. Yeah. So, I would say if you can, get Carlson from the Raiders. Last year, he just was winning games by himself because he was kicking ridiculous amount of field goals last season. Uh, I like to go with... Bass from the Bills. And then lastly, the best kicker in all of football is Justin Tucker off the Ravens. So you do want to yep. look for like teams with offensive firepower because chances are they're going to get close to the end zone to score. Yeah, that's what I was going to say with the first two. It's like, so really basically teams with good offenses. Yes. Good call. Okay, well, uh, we could get into defenses, but uh, I feel like defenses are pretty hit or miss it's not yeah. really yeah my advice is always to get two defenses one to start one for your backup and always look at the matchups yeah all right well let's move on beyond fantasy football and again remember to tell me the actual ones everyone just hopefully you are throwing misinformation in those lists yes for everyone else. okay i, I appreciate covered. it all right good um, so I asked a lot of people about you, try to get questions for this. Uh, everyone says that you're nice and that they like you, but no one seems to really know all that much about you. So how have you maintained your privacy until today? Well, I just like to keep work professional and just stick to things with work and don't want to bring a lot of personal bias to the office. So I just try to keep it strictly professional. Okay. That seems like probably good advice for people. Yeah. Okay. Although it does, you know, Make it a little harder for for my job, so uh, don't listen like to Jeremy, to open, everyone I, else. I do open up a little bit. Okay. Only the positive stuff, the, <laughs> the fun stuff. Okay, good. That's that's all I'm interested in is the fun stuff. I did find out, though, that you have a new house, so congratulations. First Thank of you. Um, I assume, like most new homeowners, that you're immediately going to change a lot about the house. 
Uh, about that. So this is actually our second house. So we oh, sold yeah. our first house because we wanted to take a, one. We took advantage of the hot market that Texas was having, but two, the the older house had unfortunately a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So it was a decision to make: is it worth trying to stick it out and try to do the repairs, or take advantage of the equity that we have and start over with a new home? And so we did with a new home, and in our, to our benefit, the new house is actually a brand new construction. Mm. That was actually just completed uh, when we moved in. So there's really not a lot to the house we have to do other than just move in. Oh, well, see, what I've noticed from other people that are moving in is they're like, oh, I love this house. And then immediately they move in and they want to change like 70 things about it. And it's like, but I thought you liked it. <laughs> well, the only thing we were going to change, which actually we did, was the paint. Okay. Just because it had the beige color, and yeah. our last house was beige. So that brought back some memories that I just wanted to go away from. So we did paint it to like a light gray tone. Okay. You going to uh, turn any of those like uh, crimson or anything for for OU? Unfortunately not. They don't, they don't look great for paint mm. and for walls. Okay. Well, I mean, what I have done in my house is I have like a, a horizontal line going around a lot of the rooms. You can maybe get the, the gray and then have like the horizontal line of. of uh, yeah, or you can have yeah. a banner too. Oh, there you go. I mean, you could do the easier version. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You are also a Thunder fan. Mm-hmm. Um, as a former Washingtonian who lived in the state when the Sonics moved, uh, how dare you that uh, I. I I'm just going to restrain myself. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But uh, what was it like inheriting a team that you knew was going to be awesome, like, as soon as you got them? Did you get a chance to appreciate it? Uh, We did. So when I was in college, so the first, like, in 2005 and 2006, uh, the uh, New Orleans Hornets at the time was had Hurricane Katrina, so they needed a home temporarily. So they actually went uh, to Oklahoma City, and the league saw that every single game was sold out Fans were just going wild every game. Win, lose, or draw, fans were there. So it was a shock. When well, when they went back, everyone was sad, of course, but they had to go back home. But when Seattle had the Sonics and it was announced that they were moving to Oklahoma City, the pretty much the whole city just vibe just changed, and it was unreal how, how that happened. And the first year or two, they didn't have a lot of success, but – of course, they did have success over time, and then they traded away all their assets. But that's okay. But I did get a chance to, when I was in college, I was a ser- uh, server and a bartender. I did get a chance to meet a couple of the players. Nice. I mean, you're not going to name drop for me? Come on. So, Russell Rusbrook. So, I do have a little bias with it because I did get to meet him a couple of times uh, during his rookie year. Okay. Before he started having the uh, outlandish style that he does. <laughs> But he was really cool, real and down to earth. I got a chance to meet Kevin Durant at the time. Uh, that was when everyone at the restaurant freaked out. It's like, hey, yeah. he's trying to have dinner. Let the guy eat eat a burger. Yeah. And then I also got to meet Serge Ibaka, who was at the time at one of the real early in his career. Yeah. I remember he was like the kind of like the fourth guy behind. Yeah. Like he's like, he was like the Draymond Green of the Warriors at yeah. the time. And he can eat really fast. <laughs> See, there you go. There's some news <laughs> that you will not hear anywhere else is you will learn about Serge Ibaka's uh, eating pace. Yeah, Russell Westbrook was the same way too. Mm, okay. 
Yeah, I feel like definitely uh, KD has to stand out more than anyone else like going into a restaurant just because mm, not many seven-footers. Yeah, that's true. Out in, out in the world. So are you still like a super hardcore fan of the Thunder or do you find yourself a little more aligned with the Mavs now since you kind of grew up with them and so still, the Thunder kind of suck now? I still will root for them. I know that they're on a downward spiral, but they are trying to improve with building the team through the draft. But I do kind of like to cheer for the Thund- or Mavericks as well just because now I'm in the area, I get to see the, feel the environment. Yeah. And I still can't believe they passed on Giannis all those years ago. <laughs> But they benefited by getting Luca this year or a couple say, years ago. So many people passed on Giannis, and it's yeah, one of those did. things where it's like, damn, we're stupid. But they, but the Mavericks have things on the lookup. So they did have uh, kind of like the Texas Rangers leadership changes, and now things are for the better. New energy, and last year they got beat by the Warriors, but they got farther than everyone expectations. I was going to say uh, everyone got beat by the Warriors, so you yeah, know that's, true. that's okay. Last thing I found out shortly before the interview, uh, you are a big wrestling fan. So if you were a professional wrestler, what would your name be? Oh, that's hard because I got to get a chance to go to WrestleMania, which was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just take over Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, persona and just go with that and just go with the stunner. Interesting. Or just, just going to steal kick. someone else's entire shtick. You'd, we got we got to come up with something for you. <laughs> well, I could be called the Berserker. <laughs> Oh. And by finishing move, just take a steel chair and hit everybody with it, even the ref. Wow, that's very violent. <laughs> I would get, get DQ'd every single match. But okay. it'll be fun, though. Let's hope that's not what happens at your uh, session at the International Conference. Let's keep it. Uh, I was going to have like these cool intros for everyone where I tried to like play it up like it was a sports or a wrestling type intro. But now I'm concerned. It's going to trigger something in you that's going to no, cause you. No, you can do that. That will be fun. We all have our own interesting. We all have our own little walk down to to where <laughs> oh, we're God. going to be walking to. We'll do a little fancy pose. I like that idea. I don't know if we can do that for everyone. There's a lot of presenters, and that's a lot of effort to set up. But we'll see if we have extra time. Yeah, that's true. All right. Before we get into the five important questions, I want to play another game with you. Uh, Mackie or Nacking? I, I, it's a little harder to do with your last name. Um, if you would agree with the statement, say Mackie. Uh, if you disagree with it, say Nacking. And then I need a reason from you, of course, for each one. So, all right, let's go. All right, the first one, Mackie or Nacking. Uh, OU's biggest rival is Oklahoma State. Oh, that's tough. Uh I'm going to say lesser discretion advised. Nacking, I would say Oklahoma State is not our biggest rival. I'm actually going to say they're not even our rival right now. Our only rival is uh, our. I'm kidding. I'm going to say ourselves, but actually, our <laughs> biggest rival is uh, Texas. There's nothing. I watch a lot of college football. There's a lot of rivalries all over, but there's just nothing like the OU Texas rivalry, where you have two states meeting in one stadium that's literally half the same distance between both schools and a stadium filled with both fans, one side orange and the other side red. It's just nothing like it in the middle of the season where most rivalries are towards the last end of the season. Yeah, that part of things is pretty cool. I actually like looked it up because I figured mm, they're kind of fudging it a little. And I'm like, wow, it really is directly between them. You, yeah, it's, you I believe be this more... are like a like a 10-mile difference. I think that's it, but it's literally yeah. dead center. And 
It's just unlike anything else because it's also part of the Texas State Fair. It's a staple there during the third week. Yep. So have you been to the game? I've never been to the game, but I actually been to the fair during that time, which was just as fun as being in the game because there was just a lot of rowdy fans everywhere. Okay, how rowdy are you getting during this uh, event? Not like some others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more toned down. Okay. Yeah, I, I picture you being chill. I can't picture you being like over the top, but uh, I'm interested in seeing That requires a lot that. of energy. Yeah. Okay, uh, being in L&D is better than being in support. Mackie or Nacking? I might as well say Mackie because I don't have to work weekends. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good number one right there. Yeah. Is, are there any other reasons that uh, you're really into L&D? To be, be in L&D? Yeah. Well, we get to be a part of something that's different. That's something that's never been done before. So that's uh, the one of the key, key benefits of being part of it. Being able to build something from scratch that wasn't there at all. Yeah, that is pretty And cool. be able to create a process and all that. Okay. Being support was fun, but I didn't miss. I don't miss working weekends. <laughs> Uh, hard to say that anyone really would miss that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Mackie or Nat King, uh, pineapple is great on pizza. I'm actually going to go with Mackie because bef- until I worked here, I never had pineapple on pizza. But when I came here, there was pineapple on pizza, and it was actually not bad. By the way, it's like a choice among the pizzas. It's yeah. not like a point of rental requires you to have pineapple <laughs> yeah, on so, pizza. Yeah, you do get a long <laughs> – there is a line of different choices, but – just to see, you got to try it. it. It doesn't hurt to try it. Yeah. See, I always felt like it's good to learn to like all of them because then when you go through the line, there's always something for you. Exactly. Yeah. Because you know the pepperoni is always going to be sold out. The cheese is always going to be gone. Exactly. And plus, like, if you're not sure, then you can take the pepperoni early and be like, I know that pineapple is going to be available later. Yeah, exactly. It's just smart draft principles, just like fantasy football. Yeah. You have to know what's – you have to get your value. Exactly. All right, uh, Mackie or Nat King, a hot dog is a sandwich. I'm going to go with Mackie on that one because I think it is a sandwich. Because if you go to like a deli's, they take a piece of bread and they slice it in half, and that's considered a sandwich. It's okay. Again, sometimes I I kind of vary my my opinion, but yeah, I think I think that's a I think it's justifiable to say that a hot dog is mm-hmm. a sandwich. It is a great debate. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, leaders are born, not made. Mackie or Nacking? I'm going to say Nacking because I believe that a leader can learn over time and grow and to learn into the role. Sure, I think I think there's definitely like a combination of like you definitely have to cultivate it a little, bit. Mm-hmm. and you have to kind of get. I would say you have to learn to follow before you can be able to lead to be able to be an effective leader. It's fair. And you can't just be born with that trait. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once upon a time, they're like baby kings and whatnot. Yes. But like, but let's not do that. No. <laughs> Had children. Don't, don't just do whatever they say there. Right. They don't know what's going on. Five important questions. Five important, Five important questions. questions. Five important questions. Okay. Let's get into the five important questions. Everything else before this, uh, that was a waste of time, really. So sorry for for that. Um, Okay, five important questions. Number one, what would you say is your greatest success in life? That I'm still employed here at Point of Rental. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> because if I didn't have the employment, then I wouldn't have any kind of success at all. Mm, I was going to say, what did you do that makes it surprising that you've uh, continued to be uh, employed at Point of Rental? But is there anything that uh, – well, let's just let's just get into the rest of the questions. I'm sure something will come up. Yeah. Um, what is your greatest fear? Bungee jumping. Funny, <laughs> funny story on that one. So – one of the things I always wanted to do, which I'm planning on doing hopefully one of these times, is actually skydiving. That is a dream of mine. Bungee jumping, not so much. And the really reason why is there was an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Hillary Bates' at the time boyfriend went to propose to her, and he did it during bungee jumping. And, yeah, and, and he hit his head against the bridge. So ever since then I saw that episode, I was like, you know, if I'm going to do something, I don't want to be tied down by a piece of string or a rope and okay. hit my head against a bridge, wherever you want to be bungee jumping from. I feel like they do calculations, and that's not likely to happen, but I kind of understand. Some, sometimes when you see something like as a kid, it just sticks with you and you can't yeah. shake it. Yeah, so again, I would rather skydive than bungee jump. Okay, well, uh, let, let us know when you go skydiving. I will not tie a bungee cord to you when you do that. And check back in. Let's see if you end up being more scared of skydiving. All right. All right. If you could tell first day at Point of Rental, Jeremy, one piece of advice that would lead to an even smoother transition, what would you say? Oh, I'll just tell him to run. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I would just I would tell him to don't be afraid to ask questions because uh, just like any other job, coming to a new job can be intimidating and you just can't be afraid to ask questions. The worst thing they can do is just answer your question. Yeah. I mean, you really got to take into account, like, you got to take advantage of those first few first few months or whatever where you are supposed to be dumb. You're, yeah. you're supposed to be asking questions because yeah. why would you know everything? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what's your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? Actually, I don't think I have one. I don't think anything's going to beat the our baked potato incident mm. because I remember at the time – I was actually on the phone, and we actually had the fire department come in and say, hey, you guys got to leave now. This is not a drill. It's like, uh, all right, the customer, uh, I'm sorry, I got to go? Uh, I'm being forced up by the fire department? So I guess your most embarrassing moment is telling the customer, hey, I can't help you right now. My building, my building's on fire. Uh, no, I'm not lying to you, I promise. Yeah, that's back. basically what I could go with that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So sorry you've been sensed to death now because uh, that is suddenly illegal and a capital offense for some reason where like really hardcore cracking down on that. Mm -hmm. um, what is your last meal and why? I would just say uh, probably steak and potatoes. You can't go wrong with a good old-fashioned steak and potatoes go with everything. It's a very classic answer. I like mm -hmm. it. Do you have any uh, any dessert or side that you would like with this steak and potatoes? Oh, dessert? I would actually go with the root beer float. Oh, that way you can combine both of them. Like yeah, that. so you get a little bit of dessert, something to drink, and I like ice cream. <laughs> I mean, what what is your top, what's your favorite ice cream? Uh, let's see. It's kind of hard because I like uh, cookies and cream. Can't go wrong with that. Okay. Uh, can't go wrong with a classic vanilla ice cream. I was going to say, but you got to stick with vanilla if it's in a float, though. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Okay. All right, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? 
Uh, oh, oh, that's hard. Um, let's see. I don't think I have anything I would change right now. Mm. I thought it was going to be you wish you were a little bit taller. Cause, uh, Actually, yeah. I'll go with that. I wish I was a little bit taller. Then I could go back to my dream of being a pro athlete. But I think that ship is kind of set by now. <laughs> I wish I could get taller and go back in time. And <laughs> Yes. We need a DeLorean. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, if you could change one thing at point of rental, what would it be? Actually, I think we kind of did that already. The one thing that we've always complained was being able to have a training department. And now that we finally do with our L&D side that we can help teach people the software, uh, regardless if you're a customer or you're an employee, uh, we want to make sure everyone can learn. And that was the one thing that for a long time just wish we had, which we finally do have now. Well, look at you being a part of the uh, change that you want to see. Mm-hmm. All right. What is your spirit spice? I'm not sure what that means. So I'm going to go with pepper just because pepper goes good on food. <laughs> so what you're saying is you go good on food. Um, a spirit spice is kind of like a spirit animal, but you know, what, what spice embodies your essence? What do you feel? I, you need to be able to describe it a little bit better than like goes on food. Cause I don't want you to go on food. That's just weird. Uh, let's see. I probably still will stick with pepper just because I like to add a little flavor to things, uh, be serious, but also lighten the mood up a bit. And yeah, I'll go with that. Ah, there you go. That was a much better explanation. Yes. And it still makes sense. I was going to say pepper's a good one. All right. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for chatting today. Uh, let's send Jeremy some love this week. Send him an email, maybe a gif of your favorite uh, Maybe your favorite OU football play that's ever happened. And just be epic and let them know that you care. Or you can do Minions. Minions is always good. Can't go wrong with that. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. We'll keep the porch light burning for you.